0: Welcome to Oaken Bros. This is Eric. And I'm Michael.
1: And if you want to know the secrets of the universe, the law of attraction, movies, pop culture, mysticism, archangels, music, TV shows, publicity, business, health, and all the like, hit the subscribe button and share Oaken Bros. Spread it like peanut butter and jelly.
0: Love it. Uh today we have on Nick Sugar's Publicist Extraordinaire. Uh, thank you for coming on, Nick. How are you?
2: I'm great. Thank you guys for having me. You know, I've been watching your uh, podcast evolve here for quite some time and I'm happy to be on the official Oak and Bros. I feel like we're
1: interviewing someone like you forgot to mention TikTok star, Eric. I mean, like Nick, I, I'm i on TikTok like kind of like maybe about 20 minutes a day, right? Right before like the day's over and like the calls are done and the kids are in bed. It's like, I'll just, I'll TikTok. You're always the first one to pop up and <laughs> Your videos are infectious. Your Dolly
0: Parton one. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Where do you come up with, where do you come with your material? Eric, we'll jump to publicity soon, but I I, I have to know about TikTok.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So when TikTok first came out, I wasn't like really into it. I have this thing where like something new will come out and I'll like research it and watch it for a while before I like dip my toes in the water. So back at the beginning of the year, we were releasing birds of prey and they were doing this whole like TikTok like challenge, like do a birds of prey thing. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Like digital was asking me to do it. So they gave me all these like Harley Quinn, like costumes and props. Awesome. And I went home and I probably spent like an hour and a half in my bathroom, like trying to do this TikTok. And I sent it to the digital team and literally the next morning it started like blowing up. And it's my only TikTok to date that has like some substantial like worth to it. And that was like back in January or February. And I'm still getting like likes and comments on it every day. but. Yeah, no, for the most part, all the, like, new ones I do, I guess, like, have evolved in quarantine, and, like, my mind has just been consuming so much and re-watching, you know, movies and television shows, and I was like, yeah, this looks kind of fun. What the heck? Why don't I do it?
1: It's working. Your WAP video was one of my-, <laughs> it was you know? in my top three of the Nick Sugar's TikToks. <laughs> your WAP was, I-, I didn't know what WAP was, right? <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm, like, uh, in the bubble of Long Island and everything, and then I Googled, what is WAP? And it just it all made sense. Yes. The, the dance and everything it all made sense. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so but I want
0: I wanted to jump to I, I didn't are you do you have your own show? Because wow. I saw so you interviewed Ann Hathaway. Yes. And I'm like, that and yeah. just for the record, Nick is a publicist at Warner Brothers Pictures. Um yes. you and interviewed ann right, and, and yeah. a great friend. Uh you interviewed Anne Hathaway. How did how did that happen? Have you interviewed like more people yeah. of like that caliber?
2: Yeah. So um, I went to College of Penn State. And while I was there, I interned for a radio station and I was like an on-air co-host. And then after the internship ended, I stayed on like as a full time employee and continued to do um, the morning show. It was kind of like, you know, like an Elvis Duran or something, but like college scene. And we had like a pretty big following and I would do it with like a set amount of people every morning and um i kind of like found my groove in doing like radio djing and hosting like that so as the years went on and i moved to la and started to you know get more involved on social media i started to have like this fake persona where i'm like a host or like radio dj so naturally at warner brothers i would walk around the office and we'd have those little like bluetooth microphones and i'd walk around and like walk into people's offices and Like pretend to do these like whole like radio shows um so then we had a few events come up and at the last minute like a moderator or a host had canceled and they were like well nick can do it and i was like okay so i started out like gradually doing it so normally when we have like press junkets and events and stuff like that we do a global generic interview so basically any journalist who wasn't nominated doesn't have the opportunity to interview talent uh, for our film, uh, that global generic interview will live on like our host press site. And then any journalist around the world, if they wanna run a piece on their like show or blog or online or anywhere, they can pull down that generic interview and use it for themselves. So in quarantine, uh, we've been doing a lot of, you know, virtual press events and different, you know, um, press days. And normally we would pay someone to do it if we were at a hotel or somewhere. Um, but you know, we've been trying to like cut costs and keep budgets down and someone one day was like, well, why doesn't Nick just do it? Like we're home and he's doing this all the time. We're watching him on TikTok and Instagram, we can do it. So I started off doing it on Scoob, which was the new Scooby doo animated movie that came out back in May. And that was kind of like my first time, like interviewing like big talent. Um, Were you nervous? Yeah, at first, like I set up like, I was like literally in my bedroom at my old apartment and I like set up, I put like, pulled all my dressers out and like was setting up like a ring light and put my yearbooks and had everything and was like trying to make it like all official. And I was like, I was probably on like four cups of coffee that morning to like keep the energy up. Um, And I did like four interviews and it was fine. Um, And so then I started to get, then people on other teams were like, can you help out on our movie? So I... Did, I recently did The Witches, um, the remake that went on HBO Max, um, and I did it with Anne Hathaway, I interviewed Kristen Chenoweth, Stanley Tucci, and wow. Octavia Spencer. And all four of them are lovely and amazing in their own way. With each 100%. interview, it was like, I started out with Kristen Chenoweth, and then it went to Octavia and then Stanley, and Anne was like the last one, and she was like, my like person like I grew up with Anne Hathaway like
1: Princess we all did Carrie, yeah everything. yeah we all She's did
2: amazing and everything like I love her so I was like I'm gonna interview her and I need to tell her about this like photo frame I have so I have this like gallery wall in my apartment where it's just like iconic like celebs and characters from different like movies and shows and I told all my cookers I'm like I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it so I interviewed her for three different outlets um i was doing two for italy so i'm on like two italian stations somewhere because their person dropped out last minute and then i did the global generic so i had like 15 minutes with her at this point so at the end they were like wrap up wrap up and i was like before we go i have to show you this yeah and I have you this, made a like, clip of that yeah yeah i have this four picture frame of her as like iconic images from when she was in princess diaries and i like showed it to her and she was like so sweet about it. She like put her like arms to her like heart and her chest, and I was like dying inside. I like had to end the interview because I just wanted to go like run outside and scream because that was like such a crowning moment for me. So I did that, and then we just did the Super Intelligence um, right. Press Day with Melissa McCarthy, Bobby Cannavale, um, kind of Max. Yeah. And I did that interview as well. So yeah, lately it's been whatever is coming up. I've just been hopping in. So you have
1: a your your personality. I said in the beginning, it's infectious. You like is this normal to have like you know someone in publicity interview? Like you're kind of like filling in for Letterman, and you're filling yeah. in for like Joe Rogan at this point. Yeah, right?
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Is,
1: is this is this normal? Because we've been working with pu- publicity for thirty years, right? Like yeah. you know we've we've known your department forever. Is this a normal thing to occur? Or this is like, you're kind of breaking the mold here.
2: Yeah, it's not really. I mean, occasionally there would be people who would like pop in last minute if like one of our moderators or person like canceled. Yeah. Um, but usually it would be like a staff member who wasn't really as outgoing or didn't really want to do this. So right. the interview you would get is just, you know, basic. So I personally have always just had this like outgoing, like host personality so I literally do this every day like I will call people on FaceTime or wherever I'll be like hey it's Nick Sugars I'm calling you're on the air blah 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 right. so I think it kind of just happened and everyone knows you know I'm trying to like really do a lot on social media and I've been messing around on TikTok and I've been researching a lot of different other avenues so I think it kind of has just been a blessing in disguise and it's also been helping me you know I've been helping the company to get this stuff out there. And it's been, you know, really great interviews and content to use. But then at the same time, it's stuff that I can use to then eventually put in a reel to see if I maybe want to, like, do something else, like, on the side or, or, or start to get back into radio or hosting something else. Because a lot of, like, people who study publicity or start off working as a publicist or in publicity, they eventually then go off to be a journalist because they start to have this knack, like, as communicating with, you know, the different, like, talent reps and vendors and and everyone else and Mm -hmm. you just like start to get into it so much that you want to move over
0: i had a question so you know publicity is about creating content right and buzz for the movie so like you guys were doing the content game before like gary v came out and said this is what you have to do to like kind of create content like what is the strategy when a movie comes out how, pre COVID, pre COVID, yeah, pre pre COVID, like, yeah, yeah, and but, then and then how did it morph into during COVID? But like, as a as a publicity team, as a publicity person, what do you guys actually do? How do you create the content to to make everyone know about the movie that's coming out or TV show?
2: Yeah, so it actually it's such a long process, and publicity working in publicity, I feel like you you grow older so fast because we work on a film from the minute it's greenlit to the minute it releases in theaters really? so a movie will come like be like greenlit now and it won't release for like another 3 years but in the meantime i'm thinking ahead in 3 years trying to figure out like what will be relevant and what could work at that time so wow. normally the whole process is like You know, we start off with like a starter production and then once they are um, shooting on set, if it's, you know, a director who's open to having press on set, we'll do different like set visits. We'll have like digital influencers come, we'll have, um, you know, international press, domestic press. And uh, most recently, last year at this time, I was in Australia for Mortal Kombat for a set visit. And it was such an amazing time. You know, we took 16 journalists over two days and we went and they got to capture all this content where they got to see, um, you know, parts of the scenes being filmed, they got to see the sets, but then at the same time they got to interview all the talent and then they got to interview like all the department heads. So costume designers, um, production designer, and the highlight of that one was the actually the special effects person. So we did like a whole thing where we wanted to bank this content Where we were like, okay, we're gonna have like a press or influencer sit in the chair and we're gonna have this prosthetics person do this for them. So we picked someone who had like a large following, obviously. And now they're holding that until we release it. So then at time of release, it'll be something that can add to like the whole sphere of publicity. So that's just like one point of it. But when it comes to the strategy, you're crafting it so early on that you're trying to hit these points and then closer to the campaign, you're trying to refine it a little bit more. So I would say like that the set visits like the big thing and you're working on the general overall template, but then closer to release, like you start like at six months and you're doing like minimal stuff, like maybe with like, a trailer drop or something like that. But in this new era of quarantine and all the streamers and and so much content, like the windows of marketing are slowly like condensing that people are not thinking about something like six months out. So we've been, slowly evolving and changing our ways to start campaigns like at a three-month mark and then really going at it full force in like the last month so Mm -hmm. it's just like a lot of research and planning and then figuring out like what would be crucial or key to the movie that we're working on and like that's why i love working at warner brothers so much like i love disney like you know they're amazing and they are great but They work mainly on family and animated titles where Warner Brothers has like the breadth of like every type of genre. Like I can go from working on A Star Is Born to an animated Scooby Doo to a Melissa Carthy comedy to then like a blockbuster Wonder Woman 1984. And it's just like challenges your mind in different ways. And I think that's like the beauty of it is like finding those different avenues and what content is gonna stick for those different like properties
1: i have a million questions do you, go, give me a second i have a million, <laughs> million questions do you so how do how do people i never knew that publicists go to the set and mm. and start publicity when the movie gets greenlit that's that's incredible i yeah. thought it was always like a few weeks before everyone just gets everything together and like they'll throw it on and whatever that's what i was
0: gonna say it's yeah it, it's so curated and it's so put together that that's how it that's how it seems to somebody on the Someone outside from, like we have no right. idea we think you guys are you know sending an email app. okay done let's go no this is right. so crafted to make it seem so natural how, how do you how do you keep um because movies are generally
1: like w- when it's under wraps i know everything is done uh, by an um a different production name right there's aliases to films being made and how how do you keep it under wraps if you're on set and you see that you know you're on this big movie set and people are there and they're trying to keep quiet as to what the story is involved and everything. Do, do you guys like sign a, a confidentiality agreement? Is there like an oath to say, we will hang you by the Hollywood <laughs> sign if if you reveal what who's in this or what's happening on set?
2: Yeah, no. So when we do like a lot of these things, so a lot of the publicity and the interviews and the press breaks that you see have happened so far in advance. Like sometimes when we do these set visits, like they are years before we even allow them out on like when a movie gets released. So um, we do these things called embargoes. They're kind of like an NDA. Basically, it's just one letter that says, you know, signing this holds you liable that if you are to leak or post anything on social in any context, like there'll be legal prompt like things against you. And also then, if you do break that embargo, then in the future, we remember that and we're like, well, we don't know if we want to work with you in the future because you broke our trust the last time. So, but for the most part, we have, you know, journalists take that very seriously because that is their livelihood as well. So if they were to do something like that, like they're only shooting themselves in the foot. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so when we're on set and we're doing stuff like that, they sign that. And then we usually, you know, we collect cell phones, depending if it's like a huge, like major, like production, um, if it's something smaller we will usually allow them to use it because so many people use the voice recorder when they're doing interviews to then transcribe their interviews later um and then i you know we always send a representative like i was there and i was you know with the group the entire time and then we have an onset publicist who's there for the duration of production to to manage wow. these requests and different things but yeah and we'll bank you know, we don't allow the journalists or press to take pictures on their own phones or devices. We'll always hire a crew or, you know, the onset photographer will take the pictures and then we'll provide all that, you know, AV content or or photographic content closer to the time, uh, enough time to give them to write their pieces and do their stories. And then, you know, we'll communicate to them, this is the day that you guys can run your stories. And after this, you know, go crazy. And it's a beautiful, like, flurry of an extra publicity hit that we worked on in the past that you don't really have to work on it in the moment. Mm-hmm. So then you're releasing all of your content that you're working on in the moment that these set visit pieces are hitting as well. And you know, they'll, they'll stick on Twitter or they'll be on Instagram and people will connect through them that way. And yeah, so no, you know, it is very private when it comes to that, but for the most part, people are very understanding and you know, they don't-
1: It's like a code. There's like a code between all publicists, you yeah. know, like the silent, like, what what's the rule number 1 for being a publicist nobody talks about publicity right <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: so you work with like digital right you work with so you work with a uh, with other departments how crucial is you know the communication between all of those different departments as far as social media tv i mean billboards yeah uh, radio how does all of that holistically look
2: yeah. So publicity touches on pretty much every department within marketing. I, we always say how, you know, we're involved in like everyone's like little like niche areas, like creative and digital and promotions and you know AV content. And then we always get stuck with the bill because it's always something to do with talent, so that always mm-hmm. falls under us. But yeah, no, we do at Warner Brothers. We have a lot of cross-functional meetings, um, which we started to bring into play like a few years ago. Um, And it's actually super helpful. So we have these cross-functionals probably, like, depends, like, monthly we'll start off. And then as we get closer, it'll be a biweekly. And then probably in the last three months, it'll be a weekly. And that's, like, representatives from each division will meet for, like, an hour each week. And then that's when we go through our agenda. And we're trying to hash out all of our things and figure out, you know, are we going to need like talent for this event here? And then creative will be like, well, I need to get some pickup shots doing this. And then digital will be, well, we want to hold this influencer event. And we want public, we want talent to come to it. So it works really well in that setting because then we're all like working together. And, you know, we started to do like different email distribution handles for titles and stuff. So if there's ever something that pops up, we can just pop it onto that and there's different groups. So it's very cross-collaborative and it's a very well-oiled machine. When it comes to like this has been a new thing lately with you know HBO Max and television and all the different avenues that Warner Media now holds under their like belt, is that we've started to break out of these silos. So for the longest time, Warner Brothers Pictures was kind of doing its own thing, like in its own lane and HBO mm-hmm. was doing its own thing and television was doing its own
1: it's all thing. all together now. Right. Yeah, right. so right. the
2: main big test was this past summer, we did DC FanDome, which was like the virtual like Comic-Con experience, but it was all things DC. And it was like probably the first time in my five years of working at Warner Brothers that every division across like Warner Media just came together and they were working in these like little groups and then overall bigger groups to produce this massive online comic-con event that had all these like virtual halls and rooms and there was talent interviews and there was old like BTS and there were like Etsy shops for fans who could you know put their DC art up and it was like really successful and we had like 22 million viewers that weekend, and it was just like it was just like an outstanding success. So definitely, that's at the forefront of the company now. Is about you know working smarter, not harder, and breaking down these silos and trying to work uh cross collaboratively as you know different divisions. So
1: so much goes into making a movie on the creative side, on the publicity side. When a movie bombs, do you take it personally? Does do does publicity take it personally? Mm-hmm. That like oh my god, what were we? You know like
2: yeah but you
1: know, we have done more Could we have done less like what would do you take it yeah. personally
2: um it depends if it's like a movie that i really was invested in and it was something i put like if it's a property that i love or grew up with or enjoyed or, or something new that really caught my eye and other people didn't see it that way like after seeing the uh, opening weekend box office numbers like you're kind of just like uh okay but you know at the end of the day like you did everything that you could do to get right. it out there and and work under the parameters and the budget that you had. So, yeah, the Monday after when you come in and it's something where you, like, only make, like, $6 million, you're like, eh, okay, well, and it, like, hurts, but then you jump back on the saddle and you work on, you know, something new and another right. movie comes along and you, you forget all about it. So, right. no, we don't take it that personally. I mean, it, it comes and goes. I mean, I'm more about the events and the success with the events. Like if I'm working for weeks at a time on a super major international tour and we go there and I have no issues, no problems, like there's nothing bad that happens, that's a success to me. It doesn't matter what the box office numbers or stuff like that. We're out there and I successfully did my job making sure all the moving pieces came together and nothing like went wrong, so. That's how I see it for the most part. like
0: a day in the life of Nick Sugars as a publicity person at one. Pre-quarantine. Pre-quarantine. Pre-quarantine and then like quarantine. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I helped to run the internship program for our publicity department. And I always tell, you know, students who apply and we do interviews with that publicity from the outside may look very like glamorous and glitzy and Hollywood, which it is, but that's that's like the reward, like working the premieres, traveling, like going internationally, doing these tours, working the press events, going to all these parties and screenings, like that's the reward. A typical day as a publicist is like your basic nine to five, like you come in, you're on meetings all day, you are, you know, doing brainstorm, it's a lot of research, Um, you know, we'll look at titles, for example, the Annabelle like trilogy, you know, we'll, if a new Annabelle movie is coming out, we'll go back in our files and we'll look and see what we did on the previous Annabelle movies. And we'll see, okay, well that works. So let's try and replicate that in a way and make it fresh for this new time. But if it's something that didn't work, then we don't want to do it again. So a lot of time it is brainstorming and researching and we're just sitting in rooms like spitballing ideas. But then when it's getting closer to a campaign, you know, it's long hours of, you know, being in the office and working to update grids and get answers between, you know, talent representatives and then our different, you know, international offices around the world and, and the different divisions within home office here in LA. So, you know, it's just a lot of organized, meticulous, like grids and charts and word docs. And, uh, you know, that's like the hard part. And you need to be really OCD and very like on top of it, because one wrong mistake on a grid, you know, for example, when we book cars with you guys, um, uh, when we're doing like a lot of talent or like a premiere or something, if I'm putting the wrong like driver details for a different talent or like the reservation number and like the car, like, the car, it, like it mimics, it ripples, because <laughs> then you're like, oh my it's, God, like, yeah. I screw something up on like all the other talent. So like, I, it's going to be a mess. So I'm always double checking. I get like the BLS confirmations from you guys. And I'm always like, I'll like go, I'll like copy it. I'll put it in and then I'll go back again. And I'm like reading and I'm making sure. No
1: joke. No, I I was trying to steer away from the BLS stuff. It is literally all hands on deck when we're doing publicity or an, or a premiere. It is all hands on deck. One slip up. The driver's got to be right. And then like, you gotta, you gotta make sure the driver's doing the right thing. It's not just
0: like, it's the back end stuff. If but then, you like, can do if you can work in publicity i don't care if you're a, what a yeah, vendor work yeah, in, if you yeah. can work in publicity in any type of fashion successfully you can make it anywhere 100 yeah. and we ha- we have taken what we have learned from publicity departments from you guys and we've taken it to our podcast we're, we're using it at bls we're using it to be from better my books. yeah we're, we're using, using it for the my books, books. we're right. using it to to go into the financial industry and transport people there because you guys are, are, they're trendsetters. You guys,
1: you guys have the bar. Sorry, Eric, but you guys are the bar for everything else that if you can work with publicity, because when something goes wrong with publicity and something does go wrong, you know, no one's perfect. No one's flawless, but gosh, when something does go wrong, how you handle it, how you clean it up, that's everything. Do you, do you have to have a stomach to be a publicist?
2: Yeah. Is
1: Is there a breed of publicist?
2: yeah so it's so crazy to me because publicity was never like a job that i had in my brain ever until i fell into it like i studied film and video production and wanted to do like the producing route work at a production company which i did for a hot second and then after a year i was like yeah let me jump around and see what else is out there so i kept getting like all these publicity interviews um i actually had three at warner brothers when i first started and my recruiter was like, just do it, like, like go for it because you're so communicative and outgoing and out there that I think you'd be a good fit. And I was like, well, I really don't know what it involves. But so then I fell into it. And after three months, I was like, oh, gosh, I really do love this because it's, you know, it's all about like event planning and, you know, problem solving and, and being on your toes and being able to adapt. Like, you know, as you say, like one minor slip up, you know, you have to like think in the moment and make that decision. It's like, you have the time to be, you know, calling your boss or like reaching out to other people or or even like reaching out to a third party vendor to try and figure it out. You're the one on the ground and you have to make it happen. So things like flawlessly happen. So there's been a lot of times where I have planned and prepared and then, you know, something else has happened. Like not something that was that I didn't plan for probably like a natural cause or like traffic in LA, like people getting stuck or something. And then you have to figure it out. So yeah, it's kind of hard to be in publicity. Um, you just take the brunt. People yell at you and you smile and you fix it and you move on and that's it.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, that to, to do that though, like, is it different now in the age of COVID where you you don't have to see people face
2: to
0: face? Is it is it kind of yeah, where easier do you, now? Where do you, yeah, and where do you see publicity going?
2: Yeah. So it definitely is evolving. You know, we have our weekly calls, you know, we'll do uh, a weekly department meeting on Mondays where we'll, you know, check in with all the different other publicity teams and see what they're up to because how it's structured is we have different teams who work on different titles. We're not working. We're not all working on the same titles throughout the year. So you know, something that we do on one campaign may like work on a future campaign. So that's where we have those meetings where we'll be like, Hey, we just did this on this movie. Like, here's an example. Like if it's something you want to do in the future to replicate and we'll be like, Oh yeah, that's cool. So that's how we do. We see that. So, but lately, you know, with, with quarantine and, and COVID and everything, we've been really taking the time to look at everything we've like done in the past throughout like campaigns. Cause, I feel like Warner Brothers, you know, coming up on a hundred years as a company. Amazing. still sometimes works as a hundred year old company when it first started. So there have been processes and things in place for so many years that within a campaign, you know, you hit this mark and you hit this and you do this and you do that. And doing it for so long that sometimes it doesn't necessarily work or doesn't work for that film or that talent. So quarantine has definitely allowed us to breakout and venture into new spaces, especially digital, virtual. Everything is so crazy. You know, we started off doing all the different Zoom interviews and press days, and now it's getting to a point where, you know, people are having Zoom fatigue. So we're trying to figure out new innovative ways to, you know, get talent, you know, pumped and psyched and everyone to to record it and be a part of it. But at the same time, something that we put out on a platform, we want it to be, you know, eye-catching and, and glitzy and glamorous. Like before COVID, when you watch interviews, like we have these massive, amazing, like backdrops, like for right. Dunkirk, we rented out, you know, a giant like hangar warehouse and we rebuilt the beaches of Normandy in there and made it right. like a super cool thing. We had planes and everything and it, it's like wild. And that like catches your eye when you're watching content because it's well produced. Right. So at the beginning of quarantine, it was a little hard because everyone has like just the white backdrop and you're just like bored. Cause it's like just a head, like talking the entire time. So we're trying to figure out, you know, how to jazz up backgrounds, how to make it more appealing on screen. Like, are we putting them in like different sets? Like, do we want to take them outside? So yeah, we've been, we've been really playing around with the idea of doing different things while also being safe at the same time, you know, with everything going on in the pandemic. So
0: so, what would you tell somebody who wants to become a publicist? So your head of interns, right? you manage yeah. that program what would, some, <laughs> what would you tell them run what would you tell leave here immediately do not enter yeah what would, you, what would you tell somebody
2: so i always so i do like a lot of like speaking engagements as well through penn state for a lot of different alumni and, and you know i do this when our, our students apply for the internship i always ask like why they're interested in publicity like what their their communications like goals are and I'm I'm a pretty good read of character, and I can tell you know when people are really interested in it and they want to do it. But for the most part, I usually tell students and, and people who want to get into the publicity space, it's like, like I said, it looks glamorous and glitzy, but at the same time, you have to like be able to you know work a grid, fill out a doc, be creative, be able to brainstorm, research new ideas. And like also at the same time be meticulous and OCD about putting all this stuff together. And at the same time, you know, you have to be, you know, willing to fail, willing to have the tough skin to take on anything that comes your way. You know, there's so many times where I get yelled at for something that is not my fault. It's not something that I cause, but my character and the type of human I am is, is that I would never throw someone else under the bus. Um, and I would just own it as like a person. Like that's who I do am. You, as a person.
1: Do you fear that so, because you, someone yells at you? Do you fear that you're going to lose your job? Is that something no. that's so like, is is a publicist so like, you know, a throwaway that, you know, screw you, you press the two instead of a three, you're out. I'll find someone that could press the three instead of no. the two.
2: No, no, no. It's very, it's very, like, it's very, it's been starting to evolve a little bit more. Uh, when I first started as an assistant and you can read books and obviously, you know, the, the whole thing is that Hollywood was you have your boss and then they have an assistant and the assistants and the little people, they're the ones who are always getting yelled at. I mean, you watch Devil Wears Prada. And, like, it's the assistants who basically are, like, running the life and propping up, you know, Miranda Priestly so she can successfully run the company. That's how Hollywood works. And that's how it's been for ages and forever. So when I first started, yeah, there was that sense. But now, I don't know, in the past few years with all the different, like, social movements and the Me Too movement and, and different things going on, it's kind of evolved in a way. And especially at Warner Brothers, like, I... Love it so much, and it's why I ride or die for Warner Brothers every day, is that we now integrate, like it doesn't matter what level you are. Like you could be an executive vice president down to an intern, and we're all sitting in the same room sharing the same ideas. Like what I try to preach all the time. And when we run our internship program for publicity, I'm always we're making a schedule to get those interns in to the different team meetings we want them to come to brainstorms we want them to do research projects with us because at the end of the day we're trying to market to that younger demo and they're the ones who are so in tune with like TikTok and twitch and you know all the different like social platforms that a lot of the people who are in pr are veteran publicists who have been in it for years and years and years that you know, they're still in tune with like pop culture and different things, but they may not have their pulse on what's happening in the younger, like demo. So, um, sorry, uh, there's like fire trucks yeah, going. LA fire trucks, it's all good. Yeah.
1: But, <laughs> do, you, yeah. yeah so do you feel that um, as a publicist, you always have to reinvent yourself, right? Like we, yeah. we dealt with the publicists, our parents, uh, Phyllis and David, dealt with the publicists from the 70s and 80s, and they were rock stars, these people. OK, yeah. and they've known them, you know, throughout the last 30 years and things evolved. Do you have to evolve as a publicist? Do you have to say like what if someone's like Twitter's a waste? We don't yeah. have to do this we're on not, Twitter. We're not
0: doing TikTok. We're
1: yeah. not, not going to do TikTok. Like, Do you yeah. do you find that like you, you kind of run up against those barriers of like kind of the I don't even want to say older because it's the wrong word. It's old school. The season, the, the season the seasoned yeah. publicist who yeah. who knew that like The New York Times is it. Like we got to get this stuff into The New York Times. And then you're like, no, 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 TikTok, and they're yeah. like, we're not doing TikTok. Do you find that like you have to reinvent yourself, and do you do you run up against that a lot between the seasons and like the newbies? Yeah,
2: it's like one of the main things that I get caught up in a lot, <laughs> and I'm always like a fighter when it comes to like new things and trying to branch out onto new platforms. But at the end of the day, I respect all my bosses and everyone who is in my department, because they are literal legends when it comes to publicity and have so many amazing stories and so much experience. And I, it doesn't bother me that much and I get it. Like I look at my parents and and, and older family members who, you know, they don't understand what I'm doing half the time. Like my mom's like, what is even on TikTok? Like, what is that? So I get it, it's like generation. Like I grew up with a computer from like, I don't know, 4 years old. Like I am the one who started being a part of all this digital space. My parents and older people didn't get involved in it as much and if you don't get into it and you don't want to learn about it, like that's fine, but at the same time you need to allow the younger people or the people who are experienced with it to, you know, pitch these ideas and and allow us to move forward and try something new. And I can say it's been very like great at Warner Brothers lately, you know been trying to do different things. And you know, for example, we did like on I'm trying to think of an example, but we've been trying to like lean into like the Twitch space a lot more because the people it's are, huge. you know, really it's yeah. the
0: audience there is
2: is it's so crazy. Engaged. Yeah. So because of that, like our like seasoned bosses and, and veteran execs, they're getting more into it too because at the end of the day it's the data and the research and the insights that we're getting that is coming into our inbox, like this is where the crowd is and this is where yeah. it's going. And we need to lean into that. Like, yes, the New York times and like an, uh, an E news or like a Vogue or, or something right. like that, still very influential and, and great in its own way. But it's like, it's, it's not one size fits all. Like we are placing like things where we want it to go. So if it's something that's very like younger driven and focused more on like the social tech side, we wanna like debut it somewhere where it's gonna live and, and do it there. So it has been great in quarantine because we've been breaking out of old habits, like as I mentioned before, and we're trying out new things. And we have such an amazing leadership and, and upper management that you know, they'll go with it. And if it fails, they'll go, well, we tried it, you know, you
1: see it going back, Nick, do you see it going, do you see it going back to
0: 2019? Is publicity forever changed?
2: Yeah, I don't think, you know, I think it has showed us what we can do in the future. I definitely think it'll go back to a few things. Like we obviously are going to want to do in-person press events. You know, it just comes off better and naturally and, and being able to contain and set up the backdrops and everything like, we're definitely gonna do that, but in the past, for example, in a movie, you know, we would try and have to navigate all these talent schedules and they're trying to get them in one location and one place at the same time to do an interview. Well, now with the beauty of all this virtual technology and all these companies who have invested in work to build it up, we could still do this in-person interview with the celebs that we have here in Los Angeles, but at the same time, we can have, you know, a talent in New York or London and just have them set up in a studio somewhere or even do it in their house because they have the equipment and the capability now. And we'll just have them like in a giant room at a hotel somewhere and the journalists will come in and do a Skype like face to face there. And it's just like another room that they'll go through. But in the past, that's something that we would never even like imagine. We would be like, oh, well, they're not available because they're in London. We're not even gonna try to look into virtual digital capabilities. I see, I see.
1: We oh, were in good. we were in the process of opening in London, a little uh-huh. little plug here, but yeah, we were uh-huh. we were in the process of opening in London and then COVID hit and we obviously had to put that on the back burner.
2: Well, Did I'm you, excited it, for when you do open it up because, you know, you guys have been so expanding over the past few years and we definitely need you in London cuz you know, we have a lot of business there and, you know, it's a crucial point in a lot of our publicity. London's huge. Uh, it's it.
1: huge. It's 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 as big as New York and LA. It's like London, yeah. New York, LA.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, we we were there. We hired the drivers. We did everything, and then COVID hit. And we we scratched it all, and yeah, right now we're just you know we're we're waiting for this to be over. But the one thing that we do miss, and you know, production is still ramping up, and you know, they're still filming movies, and you know, we obviously got all the protocols in, but we miss publicity, man. Yeah, Thank God, we miss publicity. It was. I know it's sad. I was actually going through
2: my emails the other day and looking through like different it's invoices. Gone. Yeah. It's gone. Over, it's gone. It's was- over the
0: weekend. We had like a little event very very little event yeah and it felt so good because like we sent an onside rep and like the it, drivers were wearing masks
1: it looked like really
0: professional it was, and it was it was it was so nice when we're like oh, i'm like oh you know johnny make sure you take some pics send it to me i'm going to post it up on social media and stuff like that of course yeah. not not revealing anything just taking pictures of the cars on, out in the field but man yeah it's just we miss publicity the, my the
1: god yeah, you know? I know. We
2: miss you guys, too. And you guys are really good at that, too. I know I always see you posting about, you know, your different events and the different things you do, but you're always super confidential and respectful when it comes to that. And, you know, because there's a lot of people out there who want to post things. And then, you know,
0: I
1: got to tell you, Nick, we were scared. We we were scared. Like, you know, so our father passed away three years ago, and he was like anti-social, anti-social media. Yeah. He did not want us on the air. He didn't want us in pu- putting anything. He wanted like tight and aggressive and quiet and private and professional. And there is a, there is a benefit to that, but man, what the minute he went, Eric's like, I'm joining LinkedIn. I want to see what this is all about. And Once yeah. Eric started posting on LinkedIn, I mean, you, you kind of like, we hooked up and like you, I mean, you literally became our number one fan and <laughs> you're, you're in every and bros intro. I might add. Oh, there's, really? a, there's a snapshot of when we had the bls party uh, at the hollywood yes. museum yes. which was the final like it was like everyone like what like, that was Yope. the crescendo that was the crescendo okay. of like 2019 that we was
2: had- that was a really great party i actually was saying how that party was like better than some of our after parties that <laughs> was, like, <laughs> like i, I have- was like what is going on you it's
1: came like- to me you go this is this is better than like the oscar party. My- <laughs> <And that>
2: was- <laughs> We're plan, you know. Floor? And then I like we had an up. ice sculpture. We had a BLS ice sculpture. The doors open up, and I was like, "Where am I?" I like <laughs> yeah. walking around, I'm like, "Am I supposed to be here?" The no, plan. I- the
0: plan is. I'm thinking by October of next year. 21. 21. Yeah. We're going to be able to throw another party and my, our plan is, you know, you guys plan our plan is uh, for all of our clients. We want to throw kind of like a masquerade slash Halloween costume contest party wow. yeah. and do like a whole. Nick's going to come in like with that. his like, with his, with his mask, his like, Zorro it. mask.
2: That would be fun. <laughs> and you know what? Also I've been in the back of my mind that I've been either wanting to plan myself or go somewhere at, like a great Gatsby, like themed party, like, yes, the, like roaring twenties and everyone. Yes. But we can make
0: it. it like uh we can we can totally do something. I got to tell like you, Black Tie Affair. That's our mother. It
1: was the party planner, and she uh-huh. learned everything from, um, Peggy who Peggy Siegel. Yeah, she learned everything from uh Baker um uh Baker Winiker Ryder Nancy Nancy Ryder. God rest her soul. Our mother learned from the queens of your industry, the kings yeah. and queens of your industry, uh-huh. and that party that at the Hollywood museum, I mean, it like, was a
0: culmination.
1: It, yeah. Yeah. It was just that. building, building, building. And like that fo- photo of there's real quick, right. When the Oak and Bros start, you're in there and you're holding the thing and you're, <laughs> you're front and center. I'm like, Nick sugars is on the intro for every Oak and rose, but you've been so supportive of us and you know, really, uh, really, when, really when are
0: you going to start like, sh- like too much sugar with Nick sugars podcast? <gasps> oh so my God. When, when, when are you going to do that? No sugar.
2: You- We've been talking. I've actually been talking to a few friends about different ideas and things, but it's so funny because I've coined this term for my fans. I call them the sugar babies, obviously, because my last name is Sugar. What? So now everyone's like, you're sugar babies. So I'm like, okay, so I got to do something soon. But I don't know. I've just been lately, I just feel, you know, with work, it's been so crazy, like constantly being online all day and being connected. You know, I got. A work phone I got my personal phone going off I have the laptop like I just feel connected like so much that I get burned out so later that evening like personal stuff that I want to do it just kind of like takes like goes to the back burner so I've been lately have been dedicating my time you know on the weekends to trying to do the TikToks and sit and plan like I'll have my coffee like the other day, I was sitting here and I was actually like writing out things that I want to like plan or maybe produce like in the future uh, when things open back up. So I don't know, it's coming. I'm just, I'm just doing a lot of, I love to just like sit back and watch and see what other people are doing mm-hmm. and then really research and like get into it and plan it out. Like you can go through my Google Drive right now and there's so many like scripts i've written for like different types of web series and like tv shows and like amazing i have That's a whole of like TikTok ideas and i i will like sit in my bed i do this thing where i'll like lay there and i don't know if you watched the queen's gambit recently my wife it, my wife is it's, yeah, yeah. it's so great but not to spoil it in any way but she like sits in her bed and she just like imagines the chess pieces on the ceiling and how she's gonna play the game the next day And that's me. I like lay on my bed and I'm just like staring and I I vision like what I want something to look and then I'll go to like do it like a TikTok or something. And the final product will come out. I'll be like, well, you know, it's my vision. It's my idea, but it's not exactly how I wanted it to go. So I'm trying to work on, on the more. Do you believe,
1: do you believe in the law of attraction? Do you believe in the law of attraction and like spirituality, that stuff?
2: Yeah, I do. I'm like very, I actually, I'm so into like, all different types of like growing up I was like into like a lot of like I would go to this store called Avalon and it was very like hippie-esque and you know always burning incense and different things and I really got into like you know the the tarot cards and the palm reading and stuff like that I just bought it I just bought my uh, my first deck yeah yeah I love it so much so I'm really in I lean into a lot of that and I think that there's just like all these like different things around us that are like pushing us somewhere. Like and and the main thing is that people are always like, You're so lucky. And I'm like, I'm really not lucky. Like it's it's all skill with you. Yeah. It's like I've worked so hard to get to where I am and what I'm doing. Like a lot of times, you know, I'm from a small town in Pennsylvania where a lot of people don't go to college or they don't ever leave. And then I'll post like these interviews, like of me with Anne Hathaway or Melissa McCarthy and people will go, Nick, you're so lucky. You're so lucky you get to do this. And I'm going, you don't understand what it took <laughs> to get here. I picked Watch up my entire life, right. moved to LA with what was ever in my car. I had no apartment. I slept on a friend's couch and like I, it, two years it took me to build up a life here and get like financially stable and get to a place where I want to be. And at the same time, Getting to where I am professionally and and personally in my networking circles is that I am the type of person, obviously, like I will be a friend to anyone. Like I'll be the friend with the janitor, I'll be the friend with the post lady, like FedEx person. Like I just wanna meet so many people and understand like what their day-to-day is and how they got started and and how you got involved. Like I think that's why we click so much because 100%. I see how like, you know, you had this car company, but at the same time you're open to doing new things. Like this podcast, you know, you start off on LinkedIn, like slowly building that up. And then next thing you know, you start off doing like a little podcast mm-hmm. where it was like, so tiny, it was very basic. Now you guys are doing this like full on studio with the actual mics and headphones. And you send me this link to StreamYard. I was like, I don't even know what StreamYard is. You guys should
0: totally use it. It's yeah. it's it's amazing because you can broadcast live to all the platforms. So you can wow. broadcast live to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, all at the same time from one platform. That. Yeah, I'll so definitely check it's it an out. amazing platform.
2: Yeah.
1: Nick, I have a question. And and by the way, yes, like when we walked into that office at Warner Brothers like you walked up to us and I felt like I know I've known you for 20 years and I never met you in my life. And you're like, what's up boys. And we're like, you're our new friend. I didn't know who we didn't know you, but I felt, I literally felt like I've met you before.
2: Naturally I I gravitate towards East coasters, especially like New Yorkers. Like, I don't know. There's just something, even like at work, like we have half East coasters Coasters, and predominantly I'm like friends with East coasters Now I love my West coasters, but from as an East coast boy, I just, it's
1: we're thick as thieves and yeah. and it, i knew like do you miss the east coast i want to talk I about hbl max but i want did you do you miss the east coast at all
2: yeah so when i first moved here the first two years were very hard for me you know living on the east coast like the first like 27 years of my life uh it was an adjustment you know it's different cultural nuances here it's a slower pace you know when you're on the east coast it's go 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 yep. here everyone's a little lackadaisical and you're chilling in the sun but I finally got to a point in my life where I am a Los Angelino um, in different ways, but you know, I go home, like I was just home in October for a month. Um, and it was just nice to be back in that setting, especially because it's so funny because when I'm here, all we talk about is entertainment and Hollywood and everything because everyone works in it. And then I go home and people want to talk about like normal stuff and I don't know how to connect. Sometimes I have to like read. I'm like, oh, you don't want to talk about this D-list celebrity that (laughs) like thing. So it is funny to like come back and like get back. So then I'll go home and I'll be like, oh, like I miss it. And then after like a few weeks, I'm like, no, I gotta go back. I don't want to talk about like finances and all this like boring stuff. So yeah, it comes and goes. Great.
1: Like the only thing that is terrible about this is the it's the weather i mean we hate yeah. the weather I, eric and i practically grew up in la I, when our parents were building bls eric and i we, we didn't go to summer camp la was our summer camp
0: yeah so
1: we sheridan, love la
0: sheridan universal
1: sheridan universal all summer long and on the weekends vegas. we would go to we go to yeah. vegas we were, we, yeah. were ve- we were vegas boys too and it, you know la is, has a special place in our heart um and i don't miss the east coast when i'm in la but i haven't been in la long enough to miss the east coast Yeah, we we have been to mediums every medium we've been to our father's like, you guys are going to be moving to LA.
2: Yeah.
1: And we're like, all right, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it happens. They say it's primarily for the movies and the books, not for BLS stuff, but who knows if we'll get there or not. But you know, I can't wait to, you know, have that Epic dinner that we were talking about right before COVID. Yeah, no, definitely.
2: Like I, I understand too. Like I love being here and obviously like my job is here and I've made a life for myself here and I feel like a resident, but you know, in the future, I've definitely started to think about maybe being like bicoastal coastal in a sense. And I think quarantine has helped us, you know, show that we can work remotely anywhere. When it comes to like doing the day-to-day stuff, like I could be in New York and be working from the New York office and spend extended periods of time there and still do my job. You know, right. it's only the like events and the, the screenings and stuff and premieres here in LA that like I'd have to be in person for. But you plan and you navigate around it. So it's definitely something that's been at top of mind. And now with, you know, everyone being home, I think it's something that could, you know, potentially work out in the future. So if I could spend, like, L.A. here, like, for winters and then come to, like, New York. Sure, sure. sure. I,
0: sounds, I great. Love, sounds great.
2: Sounds <laughs> great. I love more than the East Coast during the summer. Like, Memorial Day to Labor Day. 100 like. You just everyone sheds their like winter clothing and inhibitions and it's yes. just nonstop stop party the entire summer. Yes. And that's like that's what I miss the most when it comes to like being here in LA. I see how much fun my friends are having on the East Coast during that time period. So that's something I want to work towards.
1: I uh, we're in. So now I just before we wrap it up, HBO Max. Uh-huh. I, I absolutely Eric and I are huge Netflix fans. We're big Apple TV fans. Um, Disney Plus is our new obsession with Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah, is 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 the movie theater done? Like, are we finished? Is is HBO Max going to be the future for Warner Brothers and 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 you know that type New Line Cinema? No, New Line's done, right? It was it was HBO.
2: Yeah, it, no, New Line is still New Line's still cranking some stuff out. You know, is, okay. like, New Line has a really great track record when it comes to you know the horror universe. Like, obviously. Right. We're killing the game when it comes to like the conjuring, you know, right. movies Annabelles right, right, right. and you know, we have James Wan in that space. So New really pumping them out when it comes to that. And, you know, they've attached on to, you know, some of the DC films. So they're they're still highly respected on the lot when it comes to to doing a lot of our content. But
1: I know they went bankrupt after Lord of the Rings and for for a moment I was after sex in the city I think they like they shuttered the the studio but I uh-huh. I do realize they did bring it back is HBO Max the future for for Wonder Woman 84 you know yeah. the-
2: so I don't think theaters are going to go away I mean I, I agree with you. I talked to so many people, you know, it's so great to have all these streaming platforms and and avenues to watch like Netflix, Hulu, Disney plus, Apple, HBO max. And, but at the same time, going to the movies was like, it was like, you know, an event, you know, you do, you go with friends, you know, if you go on date, like date nights, you know, with family, I don't know, there's something about just going, I posted a, a meme the other day on my Instagram where someone had posted on Twitter where it was like, damn, I really missed this feeling. And it was like a picture walking down the hall, like holding your popcorn to go into like an auditorium at a theater. And it's like, you do miss that feeling. Like you watch you smell the popcorn, you're in there, you're watching the previews. Like I love that so much because I love to watch a preview before a movie, like give me like 10 previews before a movie starts because I, that's how I find out like what's up and coming. Because so many trailer drops like happen, like, like monthly, that if I'm not following that specific studio or property or talent, I'm not gonna really know about it unless it like becomes something big. So when I'm in a theater, I'm forced to watch it. So I like it in that aspect. And also just, there's something like, yes, I understand how, you know, the decision to move Wonder Woman 84 to HBO Max for Christmas Day, but then also offer the option to go to theaters where theaters are open. I definitely see that as like a, You know starting point for hbo max you know hbo max is doing very well hbo has such like a vast like portfolio of property and content i think the problem is right now is that people you know they're not understanding what the difference is between hbo and hbo max and the difference is there is no difference they're both the same thing it's just we're trying to merge you know hbo into hbo max as a whole and it's just going to be one complete thing so i think putting wonder woman 84 on HBO Max was such a smart move because it's laying the groundwork to get, you know, more people in tune to, you know, signing up for HBO Max and, and seeing all the great content there is like every like couple weeks, there are things that are trending shows and I'm like, what shows are these? And I'm finding out it's on HBO Max right. and people are not like understanding it because they just, they're not connecting that HBO Max and HBO are the same thing. So I definitely think it is a spark move in that sense, you know. But at the same time, I, I personally would want to see Wonder Woman nineteen eighty-four on the big screen, just like 100%, seeing yes. it in there, seeing it on the big screen, like having the like sound like around you, like I don't know. Something about a giant like DC, like superhero 10 pole, major blockbuster film in a theater is like something that you can't you can't replace. Like you remember, I remember
1: you remember every movie you've been to. But mm-hmm. I you don't ever really remember every like like the first time that you saw a, a movie for the first yeah. time on your television set. Yes.
2: I was just having this conversation with my friend last night. I was like, you binge these shows or movies and you you like get this like temporary high. Like you'll yes. finish the show yes. and you're like, Oh my god, it's so great and then six it's months not- later you won't remember You won't remember yes. anything about when it. you watched yep. it, what, yes. what exactly happened. Like I found the other day watching the finale of Stranger Things season one, because I didn't even remember what happened in the finale of Stranger Things season one. And I'm such a huge fan, so I watched yep. that. But no, there's I remember where I was when I watched every Harry Potter film. I could exactly. tell you who I was with, what theater I went. Exactly. I, I like, every type of movie when it comes to a theater, I can tell you, because it's like, it goes along with your day. Like, oh, I had dinner with this person, and then we yep. went and watched this movie. That's Whereas exactly he like, right consuming so much on your TV or laptop or phone is just like you forget about it. So no, I don't think theaters are going to go away. I think maybe like the 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 content and the films that are pushed to theaters may drop a little bit and you know smaller types of films or like indie films and, and different things like that will live on the streaming service, you know, permanently and that's the only avenue it'll be on. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see like what people want. And crave after the pandemic is over. Everybody
0: so, wants to get out of the house. Yeah, no, for I sure. Mean, if you, if you want to go to the movies. You want to see Broadway shows. You want to yeah. go take vacations. You want to have experiences. Yeah, you, you want to go to another city and then go to that new movie theater that's in Miami. You know, it's just it's just part yeah. of the whole. What was the last movie? You
1: saw? What was the last movie you saw, Nick? The in last the movie theater. I saw
2: in theaters before we went in was. Actually, it was Birds of Prey. <laughs> yeah, because we were we did Birds of Prey, and then we were in New York for the fan event, and we did talent screenings, and that's where I was and watched it there. So yeah, and then shortly after that was a February release, and then yep. yeah, shortly after March is when things started to shut down. So. Yeah,
1: I saw. I took my son and two of his best friends to see a special screening of Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, we we know. All the Disney peeps over in yeah. the New York yeah. office. Big shout out to them. And you know, they invite I was like, of course, yes, we absolutely yeah. don't want to see it. And then we're like, Oh, you know, we'll figure something out in like January and February. In like February, like everything was like slowly starting yeah. to close. Yeah. I'm like, ah, I'll be done by April. Well,
0: I mean, yeah. Hollywood shut off like a light switch. Like yeah. we, you know, like we yeah. drive we drive Hollywood and there were rides one day and then there were no rides. Oh, yeah. It fun. was
2: crazy. It was like a Thursday. We got an email. It was like yep. Tomorrow we're going to do a quick test to see if we can like virtually work from home. Yep. So they wanted us to stay home that Friday and see if like the servers and everything could handle it. And then later that day on like Friday, it was like, don't come back in. And yep. I was like, I didn't even grab the things I needed. So it was like wild. I was like, okay. Yeah. And
1: Have you been it, to the office? Have you been to the office? Since yeah. Like, so
2: after like mm, a month or two, we all were like, well, we have things there. Like, People were like, our plants are gonna be dying. Like, there were food in people's mini fridges, and then it's like people didn't grab their like mice or keyboards. And it's like we're working on these laptops, and we're so used to having these giant monitors. So they did this whole system where we came in on like a schedule, and we could come in and grab the things we need. So I brought my whole work setup home. I brought all my monitors and everything, and you know it's been great. I even brought my own. I brought my work chair because it was like such a nice like. Um, chair that I have in the office of like, I can't sit on my kitchen table chairs for so like,
0: when do you think hour. you guys will be going back to the office?
2: So they sent a note a little bit ago saying that they are targeting for June of next year Wow. only because they, you know, obviously with the news of the vaccine, like that might be sooner, but they want to slowly like test it out in waves to see who's going to be going back. And they also did a survey to see how people felt about, going back in. And I thought it was interesting that 75% of people said that they didn't need to come back in or they wanted to work on a hybrid like situation. And I, for one, would love a hybrid situation. Like if I could go in on like a Tuesday, Thursday and then work from home on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or go in when I have a meeting or, or something like that, like I would love that so much. So I think it all depends like how the vaccine goes and how the next few months go with containing this and everything um you know maybe they'll move it up maybe they'll stick to the same date but yeah
0: did you hear what reed hastings said
2: no i didn't actually
0: he's like he's uh, the ceo of netflix yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody asked him when you know when will the netflix employees be going back to the office he's like 12 hours after the vaccine (laughs) he's like he's like you can't be creative um in in an environment where like you know you can't be creative over zoom like you know So that's a good question. And and we'll wrap it up after that. Is it harder to have spur of the moment conversations where like you're running to somebody and and stuff like that in in your line of work?
2: Yeah, no, definitely. I agree with that a hundred percent. Like I, that's why I said like a hybrid situation would work so well. And I would specifically go into office to do brainstorm meetings, in-person meetings, because you know, you're on these Zooms and you're trying to do it. And I don't know, I feel like it's not the same interaction as if you're in a room with like a whiteboard and you're, you're in there and you're, everyone's writing down notes and right, just
0: eating pizza and just like,
2: I miss that the most. And I actually, at the beginning of quarantine, you know, we're such, I'm kind of like, I call myself the cruise ship director of our building. Cause I've been trying to, you know, keep the morale high and, you know, do, cause at the end of the day, Warner brothers is great and I ride or die for it but it's the people I work with on a daily basis 100%. That I so much. And it's like, if you don't have that, like personality and that like friendship among your coworkers, then there's like no point in working. Like what is exciting you to come in? So I started to do a lot of things like in the past two years where we've had like Halloween parties and we've done like happy hours and different things. So when we got home, I started to do a weekly newsletter and I was sending out like fun facts and like, things about like Warner Brothers history. And then we were doing like sharing like cooking recipes. And then one of my coworkers was writing like a work from home column on different things on how to teach their kids. And then me being who I am, I would tap people that I work with who have like their own set of skills in an area that they're great at. So uh, Lorenzo who uh, used to work uh, with us on team Higgins, you know, he, likes to work out and his brother's a personal trainer and he also like trains people as well. So I had him teaching a Tuesday, Thursday class in the morning called Z90X um, Amazing. and he was teaching like workout classes through, through zoom. And then I had, we had a weekly cooking show. We were doing a book club. We were doing like a self care class. You're your, off- your office, going.
1: your yeah. office between Kelly and Abby and, and Brianna, like, you guys are a family to us, to to BLS specifically. You guys are one of the nicest offices that we ever go to. And you are always like, you're the guard at the gate saying, come on in, come on Like really such a warm, fun, uh, young, hip and cool office that it is an absolute pleasure to work with. No baloney business. Like you guys, you guys are so professional. You're so spot on. You scared the crap out of me in April when I'm like, uh, are we okay with you? You're like, dude, there's no car service till next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. The, uh, Hannah and in internet, like everyone, everyone has been so warm and so cool. And we are so grateful that you came on here to kind of like peel back the curtain on what Warner. No, I mean, I is.
0: certainly I certainly learned some things and I hope our viewers did too. So Nick, where can people find you? Your TikTok handle, LinkedIn, yeah. Insta, Insta, where can everyone find you?
2: Yeah, so it's actually very straightforward. All my handles are at Nick Sugars, uh, Sugars, S-H-U-G-A-R-S. Um, and yeah, you know, quick Google search will uh, bring up all my different accounts, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, you name it. So, you know, I'm pretty active mainly on Instagram and TikTok. Um, so, yeah, follow me there. But you,
1: you are at the top of your game, my friend. You're, you. you're, you're a great guy, and we, Eric and I are so happy to be connected with you and friends with you. And um, anytime that you want to, uh, you know, publicize a movie or anything, Oaken Bros is. Uh, we're getting pretty big. We're getting yeah. pretty big. We're over. We're almost at uh. we are gonna be adding
2: you to our press list soon. I, oh yes, my god that
1: would me? be yeah just send <laughs> anne hathaway our way We'll, we'll,
2: an we'll anne take it. sitting here right now yeah we'll, t- we'll take
1: care of her we'll take yeah right <laughs> <laughs> it this is to us everything about oak and bros is about learning about the person it's about connecting with them it's about peeling back who this person is what are they like what's their day like you know it, it's really um we want to kind of reinvent the podcast here you know yeah, and it's yeah. uh it's been working so, for and we are sure. grateful. We're grateful you came on.
2: Yeah, no, it's great. You guys are doing amazing. I'm so Thank thankful you. to know you guys and, and you. work with you and continue to work with you and things open back up and, you know, hopefully, you know, this will continue to propel for you. It seems like it is. And you guys are doing a lot of great interviews and pushing out a lot of great content. Um, so yeah, I wish you nothing but the best. This has been so fun. It's probably the most interaction I've had in a long time with someone. You, so, did you have
1: fun? You enjoyed it? Yeah, I did. I did.
2: This was we we covered a lot and it's actually been helping me because I'm actually planning a lot of speaking engagements for the spring with Penn State. I normally will go back and do in-person presentations, but obviously I can't. So, sure. I'm lining it up so this has been like a good like precursor to like practice, practice and figure out what I want to do. So Thank you, guys. This has been fun. You're the Bob. Nick,
0: Nick, hang on one second. We're going to sign off right now. Everybody, please like, subscribe, and share. Check out Nick on TikTok, Insta, and everywhere else. Thank you for coming on, Nick. Hang out for two seconds, and uh, we're going to sign off. Everybody, have
1: a good day. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.